More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned in to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. We wrap today's program talking with uh, Lam Tuivo uh, about neighborhood surveillance cameras. Uh, these cameras um, can provide peace uh, of mind and security to be sure, and yet these uh, camera systems also heighten paranoia uh, for certain people. Uh, Lam Trevo is a reporter with The Markup and associate professor of data journalism at the Craig uh, Newmark Graduate School of Journalism. Uh, Lam Trevo uh, uh, wrote an article. Uh, about Amazon's surveillance network and how it has altered one particular neighborhood here in Southern California, specifically in Los Angeles. Lam Trevo, good to have you on the program. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to have you on. So um, let me just let me just start with a couple of broad questions, and then we'll narrow it as we move through our time together here. Um, these neighborhood surveillance cameras are becoming more and more ubiquitous uh, as 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 I see them and as I drive through neighborhoods. Why is that? I think they've just become cheaper as well, right? Uh-huh. I think um, I was talking to someone who was able to buy 10 for a very great discounted price. And so it was not particularly difficult for them to install 10 of them in, uh, throughout their house. Um, I think because it's gotten cheaper and because more people see, the, uh, see them around, other folks are also thinking, oh, this is something that I could just easily add to my door my doorbell and then i can start looking around and see what's out there and surveillance in general surveilling each other some experts call it lateral surveillance Mm -hmm. has become a huge market right even parents are now monitoring their children right like you see a lot of trackers being put on the kids and so on uh people are monitoring their pets half the people i know um who have animals also have a camera that's keeping an eye on them Mm -hmm. and so i think to see internet of things has become very popular, and with that, uh, we also have a rise of surveillance cameras. Yep. So this this lateral surveillance, as you call it, um, uh, is is this being driven by our? I'm trying to frame this the right way. Is this being driven by our general nosiness, or 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 is it being driven by our fear of something, our, our, our being scared of something? What, what's driving it? I think a lot of it is fear. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of folks have kind of turned inward and feel a little bit worried about um, what's going on in the neighborhoods, what's going on um, with their home. I think there's a, a confluence of things that are coming together. Mm-hmm. People are moving more and more, right? Like over time, people have kind of moved from one city to another. Um, and also, I think what's also broken down is sort of a neighborhood fabric. Um, I think there still are neighborhood institutions where you can talk to one another, but we have just become much more used to looking for information about our neighborhood, about the people around us, online and on our devices, right? Yeah. How much more do people look at next door than they do going to, let's say, a community board meeting or going to a local church or so to get information? And I think because it's become easier to kind of keep tabs on one another through these platforms, we've kind of like also taken that route to then use that information to assess the health of the neighborhood that we live in. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, just a, it's a natural thing, right? Our phones are everywhere. Our phones are also very addictive. And a lot of these software are built in a certain way to increase engagement. And so it makes sense that we as human beings might be drawn to the technology 
to keep an eye out on our yeah. neighborhood, but I think something goes missing there, yeah. and something gets maybe overly amplified. Mm. As one person put it, I did some stories about different neighborhood apps, including citizens. How good is it for you to know of all crime in your neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Every single thing that happens in your neighborhood. And I think there's a weird addiction that happens with the paranoia that gets stoked to it. You kind of can't look away. Mm. You can also want to look at it. Yeah. I, I, I was going to ask you, now's a good time. Let me, let me jump in right quick and ask you, what do you think, what's your reporting, your research say to you about the impact of our spying on each other. They called it, again, lateral surveillance. We're looking at each other, looking laterally. What's the impact, though, of us spying on each other 24-7? Right. So imagine this. You suddenly have a camera that records everything that happens in there. And then let's say of all the people who have a camera, only a few vocal ones post. But they post again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. I think um, I discussed this with a friend of mine, and she called folks like that neener, neener people. It sounds like they're always neener, 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 neener around, right? (laughs) (laughs) And we used to have those folks in the neighborhood, but now they dominate our feeds, right? If you think about it, the people who feel the most compelled and, quite frankly, might have the most time to post about these things might also be amplifying a certain feeling about a neighborhood and that might have a i some people call it a creep it creeps into you in into your your general demeanor about the neighborhood and i think that has actually had a fairly large impact on how people perceive crime Mm -hmm. right i think we've had a lot of issues especially during the election in 2022 there was a lot of um there was a lot of uproar about violent crime and crime in general but there's very little proof that crime has gotten worse since the 90s. If we look at the long, long term, and when we look at crime data, we should always look at the long, long term trend, right? Not just like year over year. But if you look at the long, long term, crime is still down, especially in places like L.A., right? Largely from the 90s, right? If we're looking at improvement over time. But the way in which we perceive it now might be worse. And what is also interesting is... Um, I've looked at thousands, if not uh, um, thousands and thousands of posts from neighbors as well as other platforms, is that what I also often see is kind of a discomfort with who's around in your neighborhood and Mm -hmm. a a discomfort with inequality, right? Mm -hmm. There were a lot of posts that I saw that were about homeless people, a lot of posts about youth being out and sort of like um, loitering, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a certain discomfort that gets expressed here. on a lot of these platforms that doesn't necessarily mean that there's more crime, but there's something in the air that brings about an atmosphere of paranoia. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm wondering, you, 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 you kind of teed this up earlier. I want to come back to it right quick. I, I'm wondering yeah. whether or not the presence of these neighborhood surveillance cameras all across the country, literally from California to the Carolinas, every neighborhood has mm-hmm. these things up. People are buying them, to your point, because it's cheaper to put them up now. Um, whether it's a ring or some other system, everybody has it now. I, I wonder whether the presence of all these neighborhood surveillance cameras make us feel safer because we know and see all the crime in our neighborhood or whether being exposed to that makes us even more scared. So, yeah, we can see it, but now you know it's there. So are you, do you feel safer or do you feel more scared given what these surveillance cameras uh, bring to your to your eyeballs? Right. I think you bring up a great point. It's the idea of, like, do I see all of the crime? But do I, I see a lot of the crime that's happening now that maybe previously I wouldn't see. But is it contextualized? Mm-hmm. Do I know exactly what's surrounding these alerts, these posts, 
right? And on some platforms like Nextdoor and mm-hmm. um, on Neighbors, it's a lot of crowdsourced information. Mm-hmm. So you don't know. Maybe someone else's paranoia is slowly creeping into your own understanding of the world. Um, that is something that I always wonder about and worry about. Yeah. So there's no context, larger context of what's happening here. Yeah. And yes, there are legitimate concerns that sometimes get, get raised on these things, but I think there must be other solutions. And the other thing that I've learned from speaking to, and this man exists, he is a porch piracy expert. Mm. <laughs> He's a scholar who studies this and has studied many YouTube videos of people who are caught stealing packages, mm-hmm. which is one of the biggest fights oh, on yeah. these platforms. Sure. Yep. The people who he studied and saw on these videos pick up the package, look up into the camera, and then just walk off as if nothing happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't know if cameras actually prevent crimes. They can be helpful in solving what might have happened afterwards. But let's think about it this way. How often is the police going to come yeah, for your and actually solve still, crime yeah. about a package? Nope. I, right? I take your point. And, and, and in that regard, when we come forward, I want to ask whether or not there's any data that suggest whether or not these neighborhood surveillance cameras are having any impact on property values. Uh, there are a number of ways that I could read that, but I, I'm just curious whether Lamb Trevo has any information on whether or not the, again, the advent, uh, as I said earlier, the, the ubiquitous nature of all these neighborhood surveillance cameras uh, in any way impact our property value. We'll talk about that when we come forward. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Helping to make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. Our guest is Lam Trevo. We're talking about these neighborhood surveillance cameras all across the country and, and whether or not they are literally or really providing us with peace and security or sort of a heightened paranoia about what's happening in our neighborhoods. Do we feel safer? Do we feel more scared when we get exposed to all the crime, courtesy of all these cameras that are around? And what about this notion of just the fact that people are always watching you? Uh, I, I am mindful of that, Lamb Trevo. Everywhere I go, I just assume that somebody, whether I'm in a commercial space or residential space, I just assume everywhere I go these days that somebody's watching me. Correct. And that one of the things that I think about a lot is there are so many ways in which being watched all the time impacts both our psychology, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it also impacts the psychology of different people differently, right? I'm an Asian woman in America. You're a black man. For you, it might be very different mm-hmm. than for me, right? Or uh, um, walking around being watched. Um, and it also depends on who is watching, right? And mm-hmm. so where does this data go? And what's interesting about these cameras is that, for example, with ring cameras, um, your footage gets uploaded into a cloud. And yes, the footage that you have that you pay for stays in the cloud. Uh, but if you post it on neighbors, it is subject to being forwarded to other folks, right? So mm-hmm. in this case, in uh, in the case of the story, the LAPD has an account with Ring and a lot of police officers get direct alerts whenever someone posts this footage onto the social platform neighbors. And so that means you have this like direct some people who I talked to called it a snitch network, right? Like mm-hmm. this network between private consumers that now gets forwarded to police. And that's a really big question, right? Like something that was posted for a neighborhood, for other neighbors, now being sent and forwarded to a law enforcement agency that has a very different context and very different use case for this kind of footage, that, right? Yeah, that, 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 that gives a whole new meaning to lateral surveillance. Yeah. 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 And that gets a level higher. And that's the thing that I think about a lot. 
we kind of are like, hey, we're just going to buy this technology, make sure we feel good, and put it in the cloud, and then not care that much about it, right? Mm -hmm. But in the fine print of the of the terms and services of every gadget and technology you use, there is a little clause of like, oh, you know, if authorities want this, they can present us with a warrant or we give it to them. Or if you post it online, it's kind of fair game. Other people can get it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so there's this interesting thing about um, data stewardship. Who gets to see it? Who mm -hmm. produces it? For what purpose was it produced? And then who takes it and does something completely different with it? Yeah. Americans are spying on each other in ways that we never have. Uh, when we come forward in our remaining moments with Lam Trevo, I want to uh, get to that question that I posed moments ago that we haven't had a chance to tackle as yet, and that is whether or not all of this surveillance uh, is not just making us feel safer uh, versus feeling more scared or more paranoid, but whether or not it's impacting in any way our property values. We'll talk about that. We wrap this conversation when we come forward with Lam Trevo on Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Ranked number 45 on the heavy 100 list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. May Fresh Daily in Leimert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Lam Trevo, um, any data on what these uh, surveillance camera systems are doing for our property values? Up, down, nothing? they actually do anything for the property values i think there's a correlation right mm -hmm. the more uh, affluent you are the more likely you have some of these uh, surveillance cameras and the more often you post on those platforms that is something that some experts have told me i've seen in the data as well so they, it's more like it's not that one thing causes another but it might be an indication that you're in a richer neighborhood mm -hmm. mm. yeah yeah um, and I'm going to close on this note, I think. Well, i got time for a couple more questions, I think. Um, you talked earlier about the ways in which these uh, surveillance cameras in our neighborhoods allow us to rethink, to reassess the health of the neighborhoods that we live in. What do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. So think about it this way. When we're looking at crime as an indicator that something's wrong in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. I think that's only one of the many ways in which we can assess whether we are living in a safe or healthy neighborhood. When we say safe, you actually are asking yourself, is there someone I can go to when I have a problem? Does it feel like I have enough support, right? And so there are many more other indicators that you could look into when it comes to thinking about your neighborhood, not just crime, right? And I think oftentimes you go to that particular data point, how high is crime and how often do I see it through these cameras, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. as a way of understanding how my neighborhood is doing, Instead, I would urge people to think about how many people are actually housed and how well are we housed in our neighborhoods, right? Mm. How many people, is there maybe another, another way of understanding how many resources does a neighborhood get? You can even find your own, make up your own metric. Think about it this way. Like in New York City, where I live, there's oftentimes a talk about like whether trash gets picked up in a certain neighborhood, like public trash bins and stuff like that. So there's different ways in which we can look at a neighborhood and say it is self safe and healthy. And it should not just be about whether you have crime in a neighborhood because that makes us over-focus on something and not necessarily get a better understanding of how all of it fits together. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, um, what's your assessment of the way that big business, I'm thinking now of a place like Detroit, 
uh, and one particular company that pretty much owns everything in downtown Detroit these days. And they have their own company surveillance system that's monitoring everything that moves in downtown Detroit. And to your point, they're connected to the police because they want to protect their investment in downtown Detroit. But all the rest of us are subject to these private cameras. Uh, and that right. data being passed on to the Detroit Police Department. So, again, in cities all across the country, you have these major companies, including Amazon and others, who are, you know, who are investing more and more in these surveillance systems that we are subject to. Uh, a quick final thought about that. Yes, I would definitely uh, think about talking to your local um, city council member, people who are in charge of regulating these kinds of partnerships. Because otherwise, they're just going to go on. Um, they're just going to go on, and people can make their own terms, right? Like I just came back from San Diego, where you are, um, from a, a large conference full of um, police chiefs who came there to look at, in part, large companies offering them different ways of surveilling a city. And mm. I think one of the ways in which they often talk about what they can and cannot do is through the eyes of regulation. Well, right. in this city, you're not allowed to do that. In that city, we can have as many drones as, you want, uh, as we want, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, private surveillance cameras are just one part of a massive data collection that many, many police departments across the country now mm-hmm. have access to. Nope. And I think in many ways, you definitely need to talk to, uh, to public officials about that. Nope, that's scary. It's scary. Thank you for your work. Thank you for the, for the research and the report, the article. Uh, Lam Trevaux, enjoyed this conversation immensely and learned a great deal, most importantly. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Good to have you on the program. Just like that, three hours gone, back here tomorrow uh, to do it all over again, Lord willing. Until then, thanks for tuning in to Tavis Smiley. And as always, keep the faith. <laughs>